0: Hello, and welcome to the Healthcare Leadership Mindset. I'm your host, Yolanda Gonzalez, former administrative fellow and current administrative director at Mass General Hospital, located in Boston, Massachusetts. I invite you to join me as I engage with leaders in various roles across the healthcare field to gain real life insights into their work challenges, the skills that have helped them succeed, and advice on how to get started if this is a path for you. So what are you waiting for? Let's start the journey today. So welcome everyone to another episode of the Healthcare Leadership Mindset. I'm your host, Yolanda Gonzalez. And today I have the pleasure of speaking with Courtney Shirey Hunter. Courtney has worked in healthcare administration for eight years in various leadership roles. She started her career managing a comprehensive breast center that specialized in the surgical removal of malignant and benign breast diseases. After spending several years in practice management, Courtney focused her career on revenue cycle management for a healthcare technology company as a client manager for large high-profile pathology groups. She currently works for one of the big five insurance companies as a lead key account manager for large value-based provider groups. In today's episode, we'll be chatting about Courtney's current role and advice for how to align one's interests with opportunities in healthcare. Courtney, thank you for being here with me today. Thank you so much for having me, Yolanda. I'm excited to be here. Before we dive in, I want to ask about your story. Why were you initially drawn to the healthcare field? Yeah, so I actually
1: wasn't drawn to the healthcare field initially because I didn't even know that it existed. So I worked um, as an executive assistant at a biotech company. And after the Founder of that biotech company sold his intellectual property um, to a very large corporation. Uh, That large corporation um, sent all of our work activities to California. So what that meant for us here in Charleston was that our location was going to be shut down. So once we shut down, well, actually, like a month before we shut down, he reached out to me and he said, Hey, um, my wife's surgical practice needs a practice manager, um, would you like to interview for the role? So initially I said, no, absolutely not. I don't know anything about the medical field, so no thank you. And he was like, you don't necessarily need to know anything about the medical field. You have a great business acumen, you understand financials, you understand accounting, you understand uh, business operations, you understand how to lean out processes. That's all we need you to go in there and do. And then once you establish structure in that organization, if you want to leave, then you can leave, but I just need you to go in there and fix it. So I was like, okay, I'll interview. So I interviewed with um, the Comprehensive Breast Center, and I absolutely fell in love, not only with the work that I would be doing, but with the surgeons and with their mission and how they wanted to just help women and not just treat, um, breast diseases. Like they wanted to help the whole woman. And so I wanted to be a part of that. So that's how I found healthcare administration.
0: Wow. That's, uh, I love that. There's two things that stood out to me. And one was, you know, being recognized for your role that you were in, like clearly, like you went in there and you were giving a hundred percent in that role. And that is, that was picked up. By the by, your boss, you know, and and that to me kind of shows, you know, when you give a hundred percent wherever you find yourself, there will be opportunities that end up coming out of that. And to me, your story also highlights the importance of having those key relationships, you know. And and who would have thought that you starting out in that role would have led you into healthcare administration?
1: Yeah, and I tell people all the time, like leverage your transferable skills. So whenever I worked at the biotech company. My title was, I actually had two titles. It was uh, an executive assistant slash administrative coordinator. However, my boss, who I think his title was like the vice president or, you know, he was the founder of the company, Um, but he pushed me to do more. Like he motivated me and inspired me. And he just said, you know what? You're so much more than what your title is. So he taught me how to create the budgets. So every quarter I was creating budgets, you know, um, he handed over this Inventory tracking system, he was like, hey, build this. Like he literally just was like, okay, here's the software. Um, and we need it to function. <laughs> so he gave me free reign to just make it work. Um, and being able to be in an environment and have a leader who um just believed in me and my skills and my ability, that really pushed me and catapulted me to say, you know what? I can do more, and I think for him it showed him what I was also capable of, and so that's why you know he really wanted me to go and help his wife out.
0: You know, I'm just reflecting back on how people have played that same role in in my career, and there's so many times that I have not believed in myself, and all it takes is someone just putting you into a situation that you are potentially uncomfortable with at the beginning, and realizing mm-hmm. like, hey, it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. So. This was your first step into healthcare administration. And then what made you decide you were ready for that next move? You know, how did you get into the role that you're in now as a lead key account manager?
1: So, as the practice administrator, I was exposed to everything if you will in in running and operating a small medical practice Um, so again you know i had to work with all of the accounting the financials um all of the human resources so i did all of the hiring disciplining and firing of the staff i kept up with all of the human resources paperwork I did the marketing, I I mean, I did the bill, like I, you know, hired the billing staff and, you know, uh, set up the EMR system so literally my hands were in every single thing and I was able to build this wonderful amazing team of people um, who taught me a lot, you know, and so as I learned more, you know, because again, I was brand new to this. And so healthcare isn't something that you just walk in and you just know everything your first day, it takes a while, it takes a long while. Um, And so after maybe like three to six months, uh, I realized that I was obsessed with revenue cycle management. Um, And the main reason is because that practice, when I walked into it, they were in the red you know? Um, And so one of the biggest challenges that I had was to help them at least break even. But for me, you know, I I was like, well, I want to get them in the black. Like I want them to really be making money. And I had no idea how to do that at first. Uh, But (laughs) after like reading and learning and doing a lot of research, I figured, you know, I figured it out and I became obsessed with revenue cycle management. And so from there, I sharpened my skills. You know, I learned more about like. Uh, professional organizations like MGMA. Um, I joined those organizations, got some more um, experience over time, did a lot of networking. And then, you know, with the networking and with getting more experience and what with learning and being exposed, I realized that there was a whole world outside of practice management that I had no idea existed. Um and so I knew that I needed to build my skill set so that I could get into that world which for me was corporate America
0: mm-hmm. doing
1: healthcare administration type tasks. So so yeah so that's what led me into you know where I am now. Um so after I worked um at the Comprehensive Breast Center I did that for maybe like 5 years then I went on to help um five surgeons open up an ambulatory surgery center. So I was the business manager there. Um, And again, you know, just really tapping into and honing into like the revenue cycle management, also, you know, creating workflow processes, like those are the things that just, I don't know, like if you could nerd out on anything. um, Well, not if you could, I nerd out on revenue cycle, data analysis, leaning out like processes. So those are like my big three things. So if you want to get me talking for hours, let's just talk about some data sets. Okay.
0: (laughs) One of the things that you mentioned was joining professional organizations. And that's something that I get asked about quite a bit. Like what's the benefit of joining a professional organization? Why should I join one? What would your response to that question be? Well, for one, the information is amazing. Like,
1: so they have people, like these organizations have people who um, do their research. They keep their finger on the pulse of what's happening with Medicare and with other, you know, commercial payers. um, And they round up all of this information and then they send it out to you in a weekly or monthly newsletter. So right there, you're getting information. Information that you don't necessarily have to source out yourself. And then they also have local chapters, state chapters, national, you know, and of course the big national chapters and, and you get to connect with people, you get to network, you get to learn about um, what other people do in this field.
0: Yeah, I definitely am a big proponent of joining, you know, professional organizations and it's just a really good way to get connected and a lot of times you end up, you know, learning about opportunities before they hit, you know, the job board or getting really, uh, getting to stay up to date with a lot that's going on. And you and I both know in healthcare, there's something new that seems to come out every single day. So not only are you trying to learn everything that's happened in the past, but it's also trying to keep up to date with new things that are coming out. Um, I know that you went and obtained an MHA and an MBA degree. Talk to me about that process. Like what made you decide that, um, going and obtaining this education would be important in your career?
1: Yeah, so I had already been a practice administrator for maybe two years before I went. Before I decided to um, get my master's degrees, and the reason why I did is because I figured it would make me more competitive in the field. So I was about twenty-seven or twenty-eight when I started as a practice administrator, and that's kind of late, you know, um, and I know that might be subjective, but to me, you know, I feel like I started in the field a little later than others. Um, and so I I wanted to be really competitive. And I knew that I wanted to stay in leadership roles, but I knew that I didn't have the um, length of experience that some people had. And then, you know, for some of the roles that I was interested in, you know, um, the people who were applying to the roles they had, you know, they were more mature. You know, they were in their late thirties, early forties. And so to give myself that competitive advantage, I said, you know what, go and get these master's degrees. And that will help you with your limited. And I use air quotes when I say limited um, years of experience.
0: Did you do this while you were working full-time or did you dedicate? Yeah. (laughs) Like how was balancing those two things? You know, I look back on it and and I ask myself the same thing, like, how did I
1: do it? You know, like I would have 50 to 60 hour work weeks. And I did, I went to school, like I actually went to class um, two nights per week. Um, So from, I think, 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. or something along those lines. So, And that's after working all day long, you know. And I think when you want something really badly, you don't pay attention to everything that you have to do to get that. You just know that it's a part of the journey and you know that it's something that you want and you need to get to where you want to go in life and you just do it,
0: you know? Actually, I was in a meeting earlier today and Someone in the meeting was talking to us about how she's going to be running the Boston Marathon, and she was like, "Any advice <laughs> for me?" And one of the other uh, individuals in the meeting said, "Just put one foot in front of the other," and we all laugh. But it's so true. Like I think when you think about something like a marathon or something like you know balancing going to school plus having a full time job, it's have it's so daunting. But I think it really is. Let me take this day by day. And to yeah. your point, if you want something bad enough, or like, you're going to make sure that you take the steps to make that happen.
1: Yeah. And, and I'm a mom. So at the time, you know, my son was seven years old, I think seven or eight years old. So, you know, also, you know, throw a a kid in the mix, you know, so that definitely didn't make it any easier. But again, you know, uh, you just put one foot in front of the other, like you said, and here we are, here we are.
0: Yeah, well, hats hats off to you. I'm so impressed and I want to know a little bit more about the role that you're in now as a lead lead key account manager. What does that really look like on a day-to-day basis? I
1: work for, you know, one of the big five health insurance companies and as a key account manager, the main One of the main responsibilities is to build internal and external relationships, so I work with very large provider groups and hospitals um, so high profile, if you will, uh, in the South Carolina area Um, and one of the things that um, I focus on is issue resolution, right? So every day looks completely different because I don't know what issue is going to be sent my way. And typically the issues that are sent to me, they're like, they have to be escalated to me. It has to be a a large enough issue that is really making a huge impact to my client's bottom line. So it's not going to be like, one off situations, it's going to be like something huge that's really impacting either how they're filing their claims to us how they're being reimbursed, maybe there's a huge in- uh, issue with their contract. Um, so it's it's going to be something that's on a large scale. And that's when it comes my way. And so of course, you know, the goal is to be proactive and try to uh, catch the issue before the providers catch the issue, you know, so on a day-to-day basis, you know, I'm just checking reports, making sure everything is where they need to be, and if I identify something, you know, that's a little out of line, then, you know, I may work with whichever cross-functional team um, is responsible for that issue, Um, and then maybe they'll say, like, okay, we actually already know about this, we're fixing it, Um, or they may say, hey, we had no idea, let's put together a meeting um, so that we can talk about how we're going to resolve this. And if it is something that's going to truly impact the provider, so instead of them calling me, then I reach out to them and say, hey, you know, I've identified this big issue. Here's the anticipated impact to either your reimbursement or to how, you know, like you're able to uh, get prior authorizations or whatever the function is that it impacts. And I communicate that with them. So it's really cool because I get to, um, I get to communicate with people and build relationships and um, not just with provider groups. You know, I also get to build and establish those relationships with the cross-functional teams at my organization.
0: What would you say are some of the biggest challenges that you have in your role?
1: Okay. So this is from a perspective, this is from a practice admi- administrator perspective, right? So when you you think of a practice administrator or anyone running any type of healthcare organization, if there's an issue, they're able to fix it right then and there, right? They can put the people on it who need to fix it and then boom, it's done, right? So when you work in corporate America, right, there are a lot of there, or there is a lot of red tape, right. And there are a lot of processes and there are a lot of people and channels that sometimes things have to go through. And so you don't have the same permission space, uh, to resolve issues as a key account manager, you know, even though I'm a lead key account manager, because I don't own the issues, right. I own the relationships. internally and externally, and I'm able to contribute and help, you know, these teams um, come up with a solution, but I'm not the actual person doing the work. So I have to, you know, kind of wait for people to get things done. (laughs) And everyone like is great and they get things done really quickly, but I'm just like, I just want to do it and I want to get it done. So I would say that's the biggest challenge for me.
0: You know, I work in uh, the Department of Surgery and I feel like that's like a surgeon's mentality when you get to work with them. They're just like, I know what needs to be done. Let's go ahead and do it. You know, and kind of like what you said, where it's like you want it done right then and there Uh, can that that resonates with me.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I spent the first six years of my career with surgeons. So, you know, I'm I'm used to that mentality. (laughs) I think it might have rubbed off on me a little bit
0: you know, say someone's listening to our episode and is really interested in pursuing a role similar to the one that you're in now, what would you say to that individual about the important skill sets they need to develop to be successful in this role?
1: Yeah, so definitely having a great understanding of healthcare overall from uh, care delivery all the way to a claim being reimbursed and paid. Um, And then also being able to establish and build relationships, relationship building is so important. um, And that's one of the big things, like even if I'm unable to help one of my, you know, provider groups, and I typically work with the executives. So, you know, that's kind of nerve wracking in in itself. Um, So just Just learning like when you build these relationships, people are going to extend grace to you because you have that relationship with them and they know that you're there to help them. So definitely being a people person is um, very important. And then also um, data analysis, Um, being able to analyze data and then use that data and turn it into information that is useful and helpful, and then be able to communicate that both internally to your cross-functional teams, as well as to um, your clients, that's huge as well.
0: Definitely, do you use Excel or do you use another data analytics tool?
1: Um, Excel is my favorite, um, but we also use Power BI.
0: So I want to take this time to then segue into your YouTube channel. So. Interestingly enough, that's actually how I first came across your profile. When I found your channel, I thought, this is so helpful. Like, I wish I could have had something like this when I was first starting out or learning about healthcare administration. What led you to create this resource for others? So initially it started out because,
1: um, you know, in my experience, I've had wonderful opportunities to sit in you know, boardrooms with executives from all over the country, you know, and t- typically I would be the only person of color. Right. And, um, I really wanted to share or expose healthcare administration, the field itself to people who looked like me, you know, um, because it's like, well, how am I, how else am I going to get this? this information out. You know, I couldn't think of any other way that I could really, you know, get the information out about this field so that I could see more people, you know, not just people like not just uh black people, but also just more people of color, you know. Um, And so I said, well, YouTube, you know, like I could start making videos on YouTube, you know, and it really just started out with me planning on talking about career type things, you know, like how to negotiate a salary, you know, um, how to be, tactful and professional, just, you know, things that not many people who look like me have um, the opportunity to be exposed to. Um, So that's kind of where my YouTube channel started out. And and not to say that it's limited to only people of color, but, you know, I just really wanted to expose this field to people who look like me, you know?
0: Yeah, no, I I love that. And I think you've created a great resource. Personally, I had to figure out a lot of things on my own. Like my parents did not get a graduate school degree. They did not go to college. And so it's kind of, it's very challenging when you're thinking about like, what's that next step in my career? And you haven't really had that guidance from at least a parental point of view. You know, I was very fortunate to have mentors who helped me along the way, but I think like in this day and age, age where we have all these digital resources available to us. I think that's amazing that you created this platform. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you. As we've talked about the healthcare administration field has a ton of opportunities that someone can pursue. So what would your advice be to someone who is just starting off and starting to look at those different opportunities? Like how can they align their interest with an opportunity in healthcare?
1: So I think what many people allow to um, paralyze them with fear in is the fact that they don't have experience, right? So they may say like, I really want to get in this field, but I don't have any healthcare administration experience. Well, my advice, and this is like my go-to in people who have watched my videos or who I've you know interacted with via DMs or even you know just in YouTube comments, I always say this leverage your transferable skills. So even if you are a new graduate, you know, and you don't have any work experience, you have to pull from the experiences that you have in the classes that you've taken, um, in organizations at your school that you've joined, um, you know, even in community efforts, you know, and just leverage those skills, those transferable skills and apply, you know, don't be afraid to apply to the job, you know, as you read the job description, make sure that you're picking out and you're, you're identifying the skills that you do have and don't focus so much on the skills that you don't have because the right
0: person with the right
1: attitude is always trainable.
0: Yes. Yes. Definitely. We always look for the attitude that someone brings to a role because that goes. So, so far, I totally agree with you. And I'm sure that with the different platforms that you've created, whether that's YouTube, Instagram, I'm sure that you get a lot of questions that are sent your way. So if you had to pick maybe one or two questions that you are, you can always expect to see in your inbox, what would they be? And what are your responses to those?
1: Um, so I'm going to start off with the funny question that I get all the time and, and that it's laughable and maybe I shouldn't make fun of it, but it's so funny to me. Um, so I have a lot of people who are like, who don't have any experience in the field and they're like, okay, I want to be the CEO of a hospital like yesterday. And I laugh because it's like, I think this is amazing that you have this much confidence, you know, like that's great. However, we're, we're going to have to, you know, slow it down, take a couple steps backwards here, you know, let's level set together, make sure we're both on the same page. And let's talk about a plan to get you to that point, because it may take several years and it may take additional schooling. You may need to get additional certifications, you know, so, it, so a, a degree doesn't necessarily guarantee you an executive leadership role. You know, like that's one of the questions that I get quite often. Um, and then the next one that I get often is, you know, and we kind of already talked about it, um, is, you know, people just wanting to get in the healthcare field, but they're just not sure. And I and and honestly, I think it's, um, they're afraid, you know, of rejection, you know, because sometimes I'll do like a resume review. And they have great experience, but they're just afraid to apply to the jobs. You know, it's like, just, just apply, just do it. You know, you you have to, going back to what you said earlier, put one foot in front of the other and just do it. And another question I just thought of Yolanda um, that I get often, um, probably about the same amount as as the other two questions is um, people are just so focused on getting into a hospital setting, and they're not aware that there are so many opportunities outside of working in a hospital or in a clinic. Um, And so kind of going back to like my YouTube and the content that I share on Instagram, I try to teach people about the opportunities outside of the hospital, outside of the medical practice, because There's a plethora of them, you know, like you have the health insurance companies, you have the healthcare technology companies, you have, you know, like the, the, this field is so vast. And I understand that they're, you know, bucketed under different names, like health information management and health information technology, but it all stems from care delivery, right? Like that's always going to be the very beginning of how all of these jobs are what they are you know it's it's all centered around healthcare um and so i think that's important for people to know that there there's just so much more out there than just working in a hospital
0: what do you think are factors that are contributing to why this information isn't more apparent and aware you know to individuals who are seeking careers in healthcare
1: in my mha program um, all we learned about was like running a hospital, you know, like in any of the case studies, it had everything to do with like the hospital financials, hospital accounting operations for, you know, the hospital, you know, Um they didn't teach us about, and not to say like, oh, my MHA program was terrible because many other people who I talk to who have an MHA from other institutions, they say the same thing. Like it, like all of their study was focused around a hospital, right? You know, that you may talk a little bit about the payers. Um, you may talk some about like information technology, but the, the only career opportunities that were discussed were those careers in a hospital setting. So I think one, you know, like, in these um, educational institutions, they're not really talking about the other industries within healthcare. You know, it's really just focused on hospitals. Um, So I think that's one. And then also with like healthcare technology and, you know, working for health insurance companies, these things just aren't marketed because there, a lot of it is behind the scenes, you know, like people aren't necessarily going to a healthcare technology company for any services to be rendered, right. They're not going to their health insurance company to even enroll in their um, health insurance coverage. Like they're doing that uh, like electronically, you know, and then they're just kind of hitting submit and then it's gone. And so you don't necessarily even think about, the people who actually have to run those organizations. So I, I just think that hospitals and medical practices are so popular and everyone knows about them because you see them. We all go to the doctor, and so it's there, you know. Um, but these other opportunities just aren't in front of our face. Since
0: you started this platform, what are some things that you've learned along the way that you didn't expect when you were first starting out? I didn't expect
1: for people to associate healthcare administration with hospitals, you know, like it's synonymous, kind of just going, you know, touching back on what we just discussed, like that is just how people, or that's just what people think of when they think of healthcare administration, they immediately go to like hospitals or medical practices. And I didn't realize that (laughs) those two things were so synonymous, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, and, 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 I think it's mainly the people who don't necessarily work in the field, but no, I actually, I, I take that back partially because they have encountered a lot of people who actually work in the field who didn't know that there were opportunities outside of the hospital uh, setting as well. So, so yeah, that, that's some, that's the biggest thing that I've learned is that a lot of people just think healthcare administration equals working in a hospital. And funny story. So like when I worked at the healthcare technology company, my title was uh, client manager revenue cycle management, right? So you know, when you meet people, you're networking, let's say you're doing networking, like outside of healthcare, you know, like, I would tell people my title, and they'd be like, what, you know, like this huge question mark would go over their face. And they're like, Oh, okay, great. It's nice to meet you. Okay. Do, you know, just go back to wherever corner you just came from. And it's like, well, geez, like telling people my title, like it didn't make sense, you know, or even saying a practice administrator, like people, it just, you know, healthcare, like it just doesn't make sense to people. So I just finally started telling people I work in healthcare or healthcare administration, you know? And so then they'd be like, oh, you work at the hospital. Oh, you know, like the big hospital here in Charleston is MUSC. So they all just assumed that I worked for MUSC and I'm like, yeah, no, and then, again that question mark would come back and so then i would try to explain to them and then of course they would get bored and the conversation would fizzle out and it's like you know what like people need to know about this field because it's very exciting you know you can have a very great career the income potential is great you know like you don't necessarily have to be a lawyer or a doctor or an engineer to make a really good living for yourself you know um So, I just need people to know that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, no, this is the information that we need out there. And so, I'm really hoping that the listeners who are tuning in now understand all the different opportunities that can exist within healthcare administration. I'm sure there's going to be so many listeners that will continue to want to learn more from you. So, how can our audience connect with you?
1: Yes, so I'm on YouTube and Instagram, and TikTok under Courtney Charay, And on LinkedIn, I'm uh, at Courtney Hunter, M-B-A-M-H-A.
0: Great, great. So now that we're closing on our interview, I do have some rapid fire closing questions for you. And these are really questions just so we can get to know you a little bit more personally. So the first question is, what is your Myers-Briggs personality type?
1: E-S-T-P, the promoter.
0: (laughs) You took it one step further. I was like, I don't even (laughs) I know what my title, I just know my letters and that's all. All right. So the promoter. And what can we find you doing on most days outside of work?
1: So one begging my teenage son to spend time with me, like that has become my new hobby. Like begging him to hang out with me. Um, when I get turned down from him, I'm either riding my Peloton or creating content or spending time with my husband. I always forget about my <laughs> husband, but I love him dearly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what's your favorite place in, your, uh, in the town that you're currently in that you'd recommend to someone visiting? And I'm laughing because I just told Courtney before we started recording that I'm actually going to be going to um, Charleston this uh, coming week. So I'm excited to hear about your response to this.
1: Yes. You're going to love it here. Okay. Um, Charleston is beautiful. I'm a Charleston native, which is very rare. Um, there are so many people from Ohio. I love Ohioans. Uh, A lot of my neighbors are from Ohio. I don't know why so many people from Ohio moved to Charleston, but it's a thing. Like it's literally a thing. Um, but you know, I won't go into that. So Charleston is beautiful. We have beautiful beaches. Our, um, The city overall is just filled with culture. Um, Downtown Charleston is like a gem, you know. Um, There are beautiful restaurants. The food is amazing. The architecture here is amazing. Like, I can't pick one place, but if I had to, I would say that you definitely need to do a horse carriage tour of downtown Charleston.
0: Oh, I wasn't putting that on the list. You might see me around on the carriage when I'm in town. So, a lot of us read books and podcasts, and I know I'm always looking for the next podcast to listen to. So, what would be a book or podcast recommendation you can share?
1: Okay. So, of course, Healthcare Leadership Mindset. If you're not listening to it, you should be. Okay. Um, but one of my favorite books that I refer back to often is QBQ questions behind the question. And it's by John Miller. And I think that's a great book, especially for people who want to get into leadership roles. And, you know, as a director, communication can sometimes uh, be a struggle because everyone communicates differently, you know, Um, and you have to be so aware of how you say things and how you pose questions because, of course, you want to uh, communicate effectively. And so QBQ has definitely helped me um, not only like just internally ask myself better questions, but also when communicating with other people, you know, just ask really good quality questions.
0: I'm going to add this to my list. That's one of the other favorite things that I've had since starting this. I feel like my book list has grown because guests will tell me books that I have not read and I like to say like I like a book nerd and so I'm definitely excited to dive into its Qbq right yep great and my last question for you today is what is the best advice that you've received that you can share with us
1: yeah um choose the life you want. Hmm. Choose the life you want. Don't allow your circumstances, what happened to you, uh, the people around you, define your life for you. You have to choose and create the life that you want.
0: I love that. Courtney, it has been so fun having you on. It's been great just having this conversation with you. And I'm excited for our listeners to be able to dive into this episode. So again, thank you just so much for being here with me today. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for being here and for listening to this episode. If this is your first time here, welcome. Please click on the subscribe button wherever you're listening. And if you enjoyed the episode, please be sure to leave a rating or review of the part you enjoyed the most. I look forward to meeting you all back here soon.